0: And we're back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Why does it take 30 minutes to get started around here?
0: I I don't know. We're slow starters?
1: He doesn't know. He doesn't. Everybody else knows. (laughs) 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 Oh, is
0: that how it's gonna go? Like closed my (laughs) belt?
2: Let it out. Don't hold it in. It's better out. Darkness looking like that weather clouds. It can stop me
3: because I'm heaven bound. I feel better now.
0: On the highway, Lord, I'm heaven bound. You
4: stay with me and Welcome back gone. to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Brother Bob's attack. Yeah. Uh, hello. <laughs> Silent Ron's here Evening (laughs) Quiet Quiet. Mike (laughs) (laughs) Answer dude
1: (laughs) Hello (laughs) The professor Carl is here Kanishi ball, Ronnie's on <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. oh,
4: <no. laughs> Schmike, how are you gonna follow that up?
2: Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> how y'all doing? There
4: you go. <laughs> and the all-knowing, all seeing Micah is here. Wow. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> schmike, will you please read our Bible verse? Absolutely. Today's
2: Bible verse is Psalm 34, verse 1. I'll be reading from the ESV. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth.
4: And the topic of
0: discussion is? Praise.
4: <laughs> Always.
0: No matter what. I'm sorry. I thought I thought it was word no, association. That,
2: oh, it's, yeah. I think I would just keep playing on that, huh? Okay. I
0: felt
3: like I was been ping pong. Is
2: that the way this podcast is going to go
3: tonight? All right.
5: Let's pull the needle. Up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's,
4: uh, Mike, you brought this one up.
0: Yes. I got it from a devotion.
4: Yeah. But it's spot on, right? Like it's very, very easy to praise on the mountaintops. Sure is. But it's not so easy when you're going through it. Not the mountaintop, just going through it, <laughs> through the valley, if you will. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't do that. Well, I can't say we. I can say I. I don't mm-hmm. do that.
0: I think I think we was safe. Yeah. I think we're all guilty of it. The thing
5: is, is uh when we get in that valley. Sometimes if we don't praise him, we're in that valley for a while. Mm-hmm. It might be while we're in the valley. could be why we're in mm-hmm. the valley,
6: yes. I know. Go ahead. The flip side on that is sometimes on the mountaintop, we're so comfortable that we don't praise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then we end up in the valley. Yeah.
5: Slide down pretty quick. No, yeah.
4: Man. We don't get to take the stairs down. That's a mudslide all of a sudden. That's it.
2: So here's a question. (laughs) Let's say you have somebody that knows, loves Jesus, and they hit one of those valleys that somebody's taken from them. And I think think we can all agree, no matter how long we have with somebody, it's always too soon. (laughs) But you have somebody that's younger, and they get taken, and they're looking for answers, but you know you can tell them, you know, God's got a plan. God's got a plan, and they just want an answer. They just want to. What's that reason? And you know in your heart, and you know that the answer is we may never know, but He has a plan. But you know they're not going to accept that, and it could potentially push them away from God.
4: What do you do, (laughs) Hmm. Micah? I know you got.
6: Well, pull it to you if you need to. I think it's important to not give false hope. I mean, that's, I think so often we as Christians, sometimes we know that's the right answer. Like you said, Mm -hmm. God's in control. God has a plan, even though we don't understand it, we can't figure it out. But when you're going through that trial, that's, that's, like you said, that's not a good answer. Yeah. I think sometimes just being real with them and just sitting with them and comforting them and loving on them and saying, you know, I'm here for you. I'm not sure why. This is happening. I'm not sure what the plan is. I'm not sure what the lesson is in it, but I'm here for you. Yeah. You've got a you've got a people surrounding you that are gonna rally around ra- rally around behind beside you and we're gonna we're gonna be there for you for whatever you need. Yeah. I, think
5: yeah. oops,
6: sorry.
3: I think that's the most important. Well, I hate this question, Mike. Sorry. You know why I hate it? It, was, mm-hmm.
2: it wasn't. Yeah,
3: I know, but it still it hits me. Oh yeah, oh yeah,
2: yeah. absolutely, absolutely.
3: Because this this September, my son will be gone a year, and I asked the same questions tonight up. And oh, the only thing that got me through it was constantly being surrounded by my guys. If I did not have the people at this table, I know I'd have feared. Because I'd have got so it had filled me up with so much anger because I didn't have the answers that I'd have just said, you know what? I'm done with you. I I would have done it. It was there, it was in my heart. I was very, very upset and angry. And it took it took a while. And I'm not gonna say I'm totally over it, but the like I said, it's almost been a year. So with the time and the support and you know the prayers and people you know constantly being there for me when i needed to you know cuz there'd be days where it hit me harder than others and i'd reach out yeah like i said if i didn't have that backing i don't i don't know where i'd be I don't, I don't think i'd be going to church on sundays yeah i definitely probably wouldn't be sitting at this table talking about him because it would be all Hypocritical, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. I'd be false. Right. But don't get me wrong, the same token, every day is hard, especially when something pops up that reminds you of them. But like I said, don't don't be afraid to uh take the advice, take the love, ask the questions. You know, granted, I heard a lot of answers that I didn't want to hear, but Obviously, they were the right answers that I needed to hear. So, I don't, I mean, I feel sorry for the person that has to go through it. I feel sorry for anybody that has to go through it because it's rough. And it's very rough at the beginning. And it doesn't get any easier, really. You tend to kind of just coast through it after so long. But yet, you'll still have your days. And some days are a lot harder than others. So, But like I said, if I didn't have God and I didn't have my brothers or my church family altogether.
4: <sighs> be angry and bitter?
3: I would be definitely angry and bitter, but um, I just don't know how I'd go on.
2: Like, like Ronnie said, that obviously wasn't towards you, but I do appreciate your honesty because I know it is still hard. And I, I can only imagine, you know, I, I don't tend to know in anything I've gone through in my life, but I do appreciate your honesty and openness of it. So thank you.
4: I think we've said it before about other things, but I think the answer I don't know is appropriate at that time too because there's no sense of like you said false hope right so like yes they they need to know that but in that spot in the valley that's not a good answer like you said right like yeah so the I've also, so just to open and honestness of this is the plan I don't know what the plan is and I just don't know and I also look it back
3: at my my son's life and how hard it was for him after high school. What he went through, what he was going through. And then it also kind of brings me peace in that same, you know, even though I still hate the idea. and I, I, I But I get a little peace knowing that he doesn't hurt no longer. That he's home. and And what's in my heart is I know I will see him again. Oh. Or I hope I will see him again. Let's say that. Yeah,
2: you know. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I'm just struggling to lead in the right way because it's one of my daughters going through it. So, you know, to
5: best thing to do is just be there for, them. pray for them. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Give them all the support they need. But the most important thing is, is you got to get in the ditch with them. -hmm. The thing, the other thing is, is, is once they start digging that ditch and they start cleaning it out and start moving on, try to get them out of that ditch. Because if they get stuck in that rut, in that ditch, they're never, never going to get out of the, they're never going to get out of the valley. Yeah. So as Christians, You've got sometimes you gotta give them a hard truth after the fact. Mm -hmm. You gotta you gotta give them time to mourn. They always gotta have time to mourn. But after the mourning period's over, then you gotta start giving them some hard truth. I mean, that's that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't you can't beat around the bush all the time because you're not gonna you're not gonna do them any justice. Right. If you just keep beating around the bush. I mean, once once their mourning period's over then the hard truth needs to come in and be like, Hey, listen, okay. I know you miss him. I know you're mourning over your mourning over him and it's done. And you, you know, I know you still, you're still going to miss. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, no matter how long I still miss my dad, he's been gone 27 years. You know, the, the miss is going to be there, but this was my experience when my dad passed me and my dad was very close. Right uh the night the day he passed when we got back from the hospital my sister was standing in the kitchen and she was blaming God for everything and I, granted I just I had just been I'd just been saved probably maybe a year two years but I was I was learning and i I was at peace with my dad's passing because... He always said that when God takes him, He's gonna take him in the blink of an eye. And man, that's what he done. He went in the blink of an eye. He just hung his head back down and was gone. Period. Done. If I, I pray that that's the way I go. Just sitting at my home, doing doing my thing, and just go. So that tells me that tells me that God answered His prayer. You know. So, but my sister was blaming God, and I'm like, listen. It's not God's fault. We live in this world, and this world belongs to Satan. He's the one that's got the keys, or he had the keys until Jesus went and took him back. Right. But he still gets to walk around like that that roaring lion devouring who he made. And if we allow him to devour us, that's on us, because he has no right in our life. His name shouldn't even, for real, shouldn't even come out of our lips. It didn't when Job was doing it. I always go back to Job. Job never once, never once said anything about the evil one. He always praised God through the valley on the mountaintops. You know, when all his I mean, it just all happened in one big shot, you know. The camels got stolen, <laughs> the, you know, the fire and brimstone come down and, and burned, burned his little sheep. Isn't that right? Was it the sheep? Yes. All the gal, all, the, yeah, all of his livestock, pretty much. Then the wind come, the house collapsed, hit, hit four, hit the four corners of the house and collapsed the house on all these kids. All within, who knows, a couple of hours, maybe, you know. So what was the first thing he'd done? Ripped his clothes, shaved his head, sat down and started praising God. So, and man, that's where I've been for the last several weeks right now. I've been thinking about that. Joe always comes to my mind. He's, he's, I've had some struggles over the last few weeks that I've just been really struggling with. And I just, you know, I just started praising God for everything. I don't, I don't say anything negative. I leave the negative out, gone. I throw all positive in. Like today, my son didn't show up for work. I was there all by myself. You know what? I'm like, thank you, Lord. You're going to get me through this. You'll give me the strength to make it. Guess what? We made it. But after the morning period's over, after that period's over, then the heart of truth needs to come in. And after my sister got through mourning, I give her the heart of truth. I'm like, listen, did you see how our father went? Did he not say that God would take him in the blank of an eye? And I told her, I'm like, I know without a shadow of a doubt, I'm going to see him again. Are you? And I left it at that. And. Now she's saved, so she's going to see him again. Mm -hmm. I also had to tell myself a lot that, yeah, I lost my son.
3: And the grieving period, you know, could only last so long. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's still there, but I mean, eventually I had to suck it up more or less because I got two other boys. I have a wife, you know, that... You know, she's going through a hard time with all this stuff. You know, he just had his birthday. That was rough. Like I said, September's coming. That's going to be rough. So, you know, I had my, I'm not, I want to say I've had my grieving, but I guarantee it's going to come back again. But I have to move forward with it as well because I have them to take care of as well. And there's nobody else to do it but me and and God.
4: Mm -hmm. so. Mike, Carl, you want to answer the question?
1: I think my focus for it when we looked at our topic is uh, why it's important to praise him through everything beyond, I mean, at a deeper level than just the obvious. He's our creator and he deserves praise no matter what. And where I really was focused on was Jonah, sort of the opposite situation that you have with Job and just i think most of us know that story basically but is called to go and witness against the ninevites um because god wants them to repent and he god wants him to go and tell them that destruction's coming unless you repent and jonah runs from it and we focus on the obvious parts of that account the the disobedient prophet we call him because he ran but you know and, and i think you and i have talked about this micah that there's there are, are theories and, and um, scholarly positions that, that believe that Jonah, um, his family, may have been wiped out by the Ninevites, by the Assyrians. And I think that actually makes a lot of sense to the account because his, his act of running is a little irrational. And there had to have been something deeply personal about it because when you look, for example, when he's in the middle of a storm with the ship, he's still acknowledging that he's a prophet of God. He still loves God. He still, he still acknowledges God. So he's not running from God in the sense that he doesn't believe or doesn't want to serve him. He just doesn't want to serve him in that specific way. And he still loves other people because he's willing to sacrifice himself to make sure that the other individuals on the boat don't perish. It's specifically the Ninevites he hates. So there had to have been a deep personal reason why he did. And it seems like God's walking him through that. You know, you see that that deep bitterness and resentment. The point that I really wanted to look at was the end of it. So he finally, he gets swallowed by the fish, dies, resurrects, gets spit out by the fish. And then he's like, okay, now I'll go. (laughs) After all that, I guess I'll go. And he witnesses against the Ninevites and they repent. So God relents of of the calamity he was going to bring against them because he's merciful and he's good. And Jonah's angry. And he says, isn't this what I told you? I knew that you were gracious. I knew you'd forgive him. Why'd you even send me here? He's mad about it. Like He's lashing out. He's not praising. Right? He's not praising that, that, that he serves a merciful God that's willing to forgive even them. And then he goes up on a hillside to watch, to see what would happen, sets a shelter up for himself to shade himself and watches. And then it says that God appointed a vine to grow up over Jonah in the night. So miraculously, this thing grows up over his, over his shelter that he made and creates a better shade. What's interesting is the way it words this. I'm going to actually read this, this end of the account. It's in Jonah chapter four. And it says, uh, Jonah left the city and found a place east of it. He made himself a shelter there and sat in its shade to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God appointed a plant and it grew over Jonah to provide shade for his head to rescue him from his trouble. Jonah was greatly pleased with the plant. Notice that, with the plant. It's not praising God even in that, really. He's not really even, doesn't the way it's worded, he's not pleased with God, he's pleased with the plant. When dawn came, continuing on, the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant and it withered. So God destroys the plant the next day. As the sun was rising, God appointed a scorching east wind. Notice God appoints all of this, He's sovereignly in control of all of this. He appoints a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on Jonah's head so much that he almost fainted, and he wanted to die. He said, it's better for me to die than to live. That's when God gives him the lesson about how, you know, he, you know you're mad about the plant, but I love these people in Nineveh. But I think the underlying issue here is his unwillingness to praise. And God's using his environment, his circumstances, to teach him a lesson. He creates comfort. He makes Jonah very comfortable blesses him, right, with the plant. Jonah's pleased with the plant. Then he takes the comfort away, right? He takes the, the, the comfort of the environment away, and then Jonah gets angry at God. At no point is he pleased with God. At no point does he praise God, even in the good parts, right? And I think that highlights to me why it's important to praise God in all things, because God uses all this to show him, this is my heart for the people of Nineveh. I think what praise tends to do is when we're praising God we're training our heart to be in alignment with God's heart, we're, we're purposing our heart to be where God's heart is when we praise him, right? When we do that, when we're being blessed, it's easier, right? Unless we let our comfort distract us. Like you talked about, Michael, which can happen. Cause I think it happened to Jonah here, but when it's really important is when we're in the hard times, because like you guys have talked about, sometimes we don't understand why it's happening and we may never but if we praise him in the hard times, we're more inclined to align our heart with his, so we can have a better understanding of why it's happening. We may not have the specific answers as to why it's happening, but we'll have a better sense that he understands why it's happening and that he has a heart that's for us, not against us, right? I think that's really important. I think that's why it's so important. Like Obviously, it's important because he made us, we're his creation, and we were, we were created to serve him. We owe him our praise right? He doesn't have to earn our praise. We owe him our praise. But as far as training us to serve him and to understand his purposes for us, I think praise is critical. Because it, it really, at no point in this account, does Jonah-like reflexively praise God. And that's a serious problem. And it was clearly leading his heart astray. It was leading his heart away from God's inclination, right? He didn't, he didn't have God's heart for the Ninevites. He didn't have God's heart f- really for, at any point in this, do we see evidence that Jonah had God's heart in the matter, he had to really be pressed with his environment to get there. And I, I suspect that if Jonah had a heart that was trained to praise God in the good times and the bad, that wouldn't happen. right? He would have been more inclined to just obey even when he didn't understand why.
0: Mike? <clears throat> I was sitting here thinking as Carl was talking, why is it we don't praise in the bad times? <clears throat> is it because we're hurt? We've lost our trust in God, or is it a control issue? Do we feel that it would be out of control to praise Him for something that we find doesn't align with what we think the way things should go? That's the question that's running around inside my head. I don't have the answer to that. I was hoping somebody else could maybe elaborate on that a little better.
3: And His battle, I say absolutely yes. You know, because like I said, I I was done. I wasn't going to praise him. <laughs> I was done. So, so. I was hysterical. I was upset. I was done, and then I got swar- I got swarmed by all my guys, and it was overwhelming. But at the time, I'd have to say. To your question, yes. I, For me, myself, I would say yes, because I was done. I was ready to throw in the towel and say, you know what? You do this to me, I'm done with you.
1: He used people in your circumstance to get you back to a place where you could praise him. Like, I think maybe a better way to word myself is praise tethers us to him, so that even when our circumstance um, is tempting us to distrust him or to doubt him, Praise keeps us tethered to him. You know, Bob mentioned Job, and Job's first inclination, yes, was to praise God. But Job also had some harsh words for God throughout that. But his reflexive praise kept him tethered even when his sorrow and his mourning and his pain was causing him to say things about God that weren't true. You know, Job gets sharply criticized for that by God later, right. but I think it was it was Job's initial praise of God that kept him tethered to him enough to keep him from spiraling completely out of control.
0: So, so back to my question, Carl, do you think that we we tend to not praise in the valley because of a trust issue or a control issue or both?
4: I say both. No, sorry, no, you're good, and <clears> I. <throat> uh, You guys around the table have heard it, but, like, in one of my sermons, I talk about my mouth pain and my mouth issue, right? And, like, when it gets extreme for me, and I like to boast that I have a high pain tolerance, that, like, any little thing, some little kid laughing, different conversation over here something over here, and, like, I'm just, like, super hardcore focused because I can't focus on anything else. But every time through that process, like, I do devotionals. You guys know. Schmike likes to tease me about them all the time. I just turned off the notifications so I don't have to hear about it all the time. <laughs> but, like, it, it comes and goes. It ebbs and flows, right? So, like, a normal pain is, like, a 4 out of 10. But there's a lot of times that it's like a 12 out of 10. But during that time, I'm doing my devotional. Do I want to? No. I don't even want to get out of bed sometimes, let alone talk, let alone go to work, because it hurts that bad. But I, like Ron said, I suck it up. I do, I do the things that you have to do, that we have to do in the world, right? Go to work, family stuff, whatever else. But I also make myself go through those devotionals because if I miss that step, then I won't go back to it. But I trust that on day three might be better than day two of that pain. I might not see it. I might not even want to do it. And sometimes it might feel like I'm just reading through it and nothing's sticking. That devotion, you know, I'm not getting anything out of it. I don't even know why I took 10 minutes to meditate on it that day. <laughs> then day four comes. And then day five. And then that 12 out of 10 pain starts slowly going to seven, five, and then we're back to quote-unquote, normal at four. So it's the focus still. And then, like, sorry, but, like, I got asked if I needed help to fix the issue. And it's something I gotta really pray about because I think, for me, it's, like, God's way of refocusing me. Not really throwing me in the valley or throwing me off the mountaintop, but, like, Look, maybe you're being negative Nancy all the time. So let's focus. Let's get back into the word. Let's be more positive. Let's be whatever. refining, blessing and the pressing, right? And I really have to think and pray about that offer. Because if I do it and there's no pain anymore than what's coming next that I'm going to, that he's going to use to refocus me with because I know me, he knows me and I need to refocus. So my answer is both. Cause I think it's the control, right? Like I don't want to give up control. like I just said, cause I can control that. Like I can't control the pain cause I, I trust that it's going to go away. But through that process, I still have to do those things, whether I want to or not.
0: So you would say that the pain is a blessing because it helps you focus on what's above and not what's here in front of you.
4: It resets. It recalibrates, man, if if you will.
0: That'd be the same what Carl said about Jonah. I mean, being stuck in the belly of a whale is most of us would consider a non-blessing situation. I mean
4: well don't get me wrong. Yeah, I don't like fish.
0: Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> like
4: seafood either. But um if I never I didn't always think of it as a blessing. Like I would it was always and it's always that that valley because it's not just that. Everything else ramps up, work ramps up, something goes out, something blah blah blah.
0: Dishwashers right? fail.
4: Dishwashers fail. Like last time dryer failed, you know, like there's always something. So I know that storm, like I can't connect with the storm that Ron and Mike are talking about, but each one of us have a storm. And then when Bob's like, Hey, what's going on? I'm good. Right. Mike sports. I'm fine. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Because when it should be, I'm blessed. And not just that I'm fine or I'm good. I might not feel 110%. Like I've told some of you, like it's been hard the last couple of weeks, last month. And I've been looking at the glass half empty the whole time. And that's old Ronnie. And that guy's stupid.
0: I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. <laughs>
4: well,
0: just saying, Yeah. No, but
4: for me, that's what I thought about when you brought up this topic was all the praise. It's what? like the pressing past. And I know I've said that to you guys a lot, but like it's the endurance, it's the pressing past. Ron didn't want to hear it when they told him that. I don't want to hear some of the stuff of like, well, Captain Obvious, just go get it fixed, you know? Like, that's simple. But it is, but it's not. It's not the answer I wanted to hear. Just like that's not the answer Ron wanted to hear, or Mike's daughter wants to hear, or insert situation here.
1: And it sucks hearing it. Well, I'm sure that Stephen's friends and everybody in the early church was praying and pleading for him to be delivered from that situation, but he wasn't.
6: Uh
1: Um, There's purpose in it. Sometimes the purpose is that he's trying to train us, like he was for Jonah here. Sometimes the purpose is our pain leads to a greater good, as was the case with Stephen. And in both cases, we have to get to a place where we understand that his plans are bigger and better than our plans, and we love his plans more than we love our own plans, And when we get to that place, it's easier to praise him, even in hard circumstances. It doesn't, praise doesn't mean you're happy about the circumstance, by the way. That doesn't mean that you have a big, big silly grin on your face and you're laughing and joking and everything's, everything feels great. That's, that's not what Job was doing. It just, it just means that you acknowledge that you are my creator, you are my sovereign, you are my father, and I love you and I praise you even in this. Even in this, I acknowledge you that you are good and you are God and I will serve you always. That's what it does That's what praise is even in the hard times. I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying it matters. Um, you know he struck me three years ago, I never would have praised him in the hard times. In fact, when I had hard times, I was shaking my fist at him, asking him to kill me because I didn't want to live anymore, right? And he brought a scorching east wind into my life that lasted about two years, was miserable and now i praise him i choose to praise him even in the hard times I i've, I've surrendered my heart and let him change things because he changes things and he's blessed me greatly the past couple of days the difference between the past couple of days me and the three years ago me though is that i choose to praise him even when it's hard and i'm willing to suffer hard times if it's for his greater good and for his plan and we've got to be willing to get to that place if we want to be blessed in the right way, not a worldly way. If we want to be blessed in the right way and be kingdom builders with him, we've got to get to that place where we're willing to praise him always. That's, that's that hard truth you're talking about. Like it or not, that's just, that's just the way it is. That's the biblical narrative throughout. The Bible isn't filled with individuals that had perfect, happy-go-lucky lives that were never touched by tragedy. The Bible is filled with individuals that were touched by horrific tragedies, and they still chose to praise God through it. Yeah, They still chose to praise. And we've got to get to that place, too, as difficult as it is. Yeah. I want to finish my story
4: real fast. I, not that you interrupt, but I just want to, I want to put a button on it. Like, and a couple of you know this, but I haven't shared it a lot. If hardly at all, but I was doing a big, a big day sermon and my mouth pain was like 12 or 13, like so much that like I had tears in my eyes that I could barely focus and like stuff didn't work. Stuff didn't like, cause I used the iPad, which Bob's smirking because he's like, just write notes. We'll just write notes (laughs) and like two hours before I went to the church. I was like, I prayed and I was like, I just want to get through your word. Help me do that. Does that mean that I can call and they can have somebody spill in last minute? Like, cause I, like, I don't even want to talk my wife asked me if I want a coffee and I just shook my head, you know, like it was just bad and I got there <clears throat> and a couple of people prayed with me and it was still like a 13 when the worship music was playing and then when I got introduced <clears throat> like a warm rush was over me and like I, I say four is my normal. Like, it would have been a one. Like, I didn't even know that I so ever had mouth pain.
0: My question to you then, Ryan, did you stop what you were doing right there and praise God for that?
4: Yeah. In, in my head, like, I closed yeah. my eyes because I was being introduced and in front of the congregation, right? So I couldn't just, right. like... It would have been super awkward for everybody if I would have done that. But like, I closed my eyes and I took in that moment and I was like, thank you for, for doing what I asked you to do. And then I gave a sermon. And if you ask me, that was probably one of my best ones that I've done. It still was a little rough around the edges, but I still thought it was the best one I'd done. And as soon as I closed out with my prayer with amen, it like rushed right back in. And then and then I knew.
0: So that goes back to God's timing. It's what you needed when you needed it. But it was his timing.
4: Yeah. And it's me, I would like to thank you guys can chime in on this too, but it was me being obedient too. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I could have called and said, insert excuse here, my mouth hurts, whatever, you're gonna have the associate pastor
1: preach or whatever.
4: He took your excuse away.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. In the moment. Yeah.
1: Because but he also waited until you were there and you committed yourself to doing it yeah, anyway before he did. Right. Like that's an important thing to acknowledge also. Right. And wait until the last minute. But then Like I said, as soon as I said amen in my closing prayer
4: and the worship team started again, it rushed right back in. And it was like one of those powerful coming over me. So much so that I was standing next to my wife, and I hardly ever do this, which is hilarious, and Mike knows, but, like, I'm not a lovey-feely guy in public. (laughs) Poor guy. And I reached over and I grabbed her hand.
0: Do you think you were falling or something or what? Yeah.
4: And, <laughs> she probably thought he was having a stroke. Yeah, I, she, was like, she gave me this look like, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, because it's one thing when that mouth pain like ramps up like levels. Right. But if you're at a one
1: mm. and
4: all of a sudden it goes like that back to the 12 or 13, it's like all at once.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And yeah, it was just, and that's. That's the thing. That's the being obedient. That's the routine. That's the, and it sucked at the time.
0: You know, the one hour, one thing I'm sitting here thinking, and maybe Bob, you can answer this. I don't mean to take over your job. No,
5: you're fine. Whatever.
0: Um, you know, I don't want to be the leader.
1: <laughs> and uh, tell here it. Here
0: <laughs> we go. Here we go. And my question is this. For, for our listeners.
4: I thought you said it was for Bob.
0: Well, it is for Bob. I want Bob to answer the question. You're
4: to take over the job. you got to <laughs> give me some pointers.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't want the job. <laughs> we talk about praise in the highs and the lows. Can you give an everyday example of someone praising just living their life and there's no high or low? They're just kind of
4: coasting. coasting.
0: What could they do to praise God in that moment? You know, because everything you you become, your habits, your heart will follow your habits. So what could somebody do to create a habit of praise, whether they're coasting or they're on the mountaintop or in the valley? Got an an idea?
5: First of all, they need to take themselves out of the equation. They need to get themselves out of the way. Then they just need uh, to make the mindset, because it's all mindset. Everything's a mindset. When you, when you make a choice, you choose, you choose to follow God. And when you choose to follow God, it's not just a half-hearted thing. It should be a wholehearted. And when you choose to do that, then that means you should read his word every day. You should continually pray. Carl and I has talked about this. You know, a lot of guys, when they, when they go on a mission trip, like Carl went to Philadelphia, him and his, him and Will and them other two guys, the first and foremost thing on their mind was God the whole time. Even before they got there, they started fasting. They started praying. They started talking to God. They started having that fellowship with God the whole time they was there. Because I called and talked to him once or twice, asked him if he wanted to bring chime in on his wife's Bible study. He's like, no, we're fellowshipping, we're praying. I'm like, okay. Good enough. That's the key. The key is when you choose to follow God, and I'm guilty of not doing it. I'm not going to lie. When we choose to follow God, we put him in the lead. Not necessarily first where we just check the box and and say, okay, I've done my God thing. I'm going to go do this. When I say put him in the lead, I mean he leads you all day long, all night long. When you're asleep. He leads you. When you wake up out of bed, he leads you. When you go to the shower, he's in the shower with you because you're thinking about him. You're talking to him. You're praying to him. When you go to the bathroom, you're talking to him. You're thinking about him. You're praying about it. Whatever. I'm guilty of not doing that. And he's laid that on my heart here pretty heavy the last last week, week and a half. Because last Monday, I was out of sorts. I was definitely not into it because I was having a pity party for myself, thinking everything was going all right and that I was useless and nothing could happen. The very next day, the very next day, I got a call asking if I would supply preaching at another church.
0: So at the day I decided to stop in and say hello? Because you told me that.
5: Yeah, the uh, day after that's when you stopped in. <laughs> Because it, it was Monday and Tuesday is when is when that lady called and asked. And I told her, yes, I would do that. And I told her that I could only do it the first and the third Sunday. Because the second and fourth Sunday, I taught kids at our church. So she asked me, she goes, well, do you know anybody else that would be interested in? it?" I'm like, I certainly know a couple of guys. I'll call and talk to them and then I'll call you back. So I called them. And they both, I mean, immediately said, yes, we'll help. Now they were supposed to come meet with us Saturday at our meeting that we had, but they didn't show up. And I think that was because of the rain. I'm going to try to reach out to them and be like, hey, we need to set a meeting up so these guys can meet you. You know, so, so God, in my, in my downtime, when I was, when I was being pitiful to myself, thinking that I was useless. God showed me that I was not useless the next day, but he let me he let me wallow in my pity all night long. And probably midday is when that call come in. It's amazing how he works. I mean, you know, he uh, he'll let us wallow in our pity for a while and then he proves us wrong. Yeah,
1: he'll teach us. a lesson. He'll
5: teach us a lesson. Absolutely. Now, Ronnie, since I'm talking.
1: Uh Oh, Uh oh.
5: Do you think you're keeping God in the box by uh, allowing your mouth pain to stick around? Do you, do you do you really think that God wants that pain in your life? That, just hear me out. I'm the I'm not trying to I'm not trying to change your mind. Well, I'm just trying to give you some hard truth here. Well, I know. brother, the God I know does not want us to be like that. The God I know wants us wants us to love Him be happy all right and i've talked about like that do you think that um do you think that if uh, you got your mouth pain taken care of you'd be less of a christian
1: no can i say something <laughs> just to add to that before you answer you always do that to me <laughs> yeah god I'll will take you yeah abba will allow pain in our life to redirect us if he has to if he has that's to. not his desire for us though we've got to let him get us to a place where he doesn't need the pain in our life to get our focus on him. That's where I was headed with that. That's the hard lesson. It took me, man, two, two long years to learn. That's not to say you'll never experience pain again. It's just that you won't need the pain to remind him of your need of him. Right. And exactly. that was the control part
5: that I was talking about. Yeah. The right. thing. Like, the thing is because it's the unknown. After that, he will, he will get you that chance. Yeah, he'll find a way. He'll find a way. I mean, he's that. He's that big yeah. of a guy. Yeah. He's no, that, yeah. He's. Yeah. Yeah. Loving. Of he, a God he, that he. He needs to. Away.
2: He needs to put you in in your place. He but will. I'm just, I mean, you
5: know. I just don't think that we can put him in a box like that and box him up. I think for me, it was more. <clears throat>
4: Being a poster boy, right? Like, Paul had the thorn. I have my mouth pain, right? And and, and that, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not comparing myself to Paul at all, but like, it's, if that's what the drive needs to be, then that's what the drive needs to be. Like, I'm okay with it. I don't
5: know if Paul's was actually physical pain, though. Well, I know. It's a whole different podcast. but I, I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, we can make it a podcast. No, I know. But I'm just yeah. saying, I don't think Paul's was actually physical. Right. His was all spiritual. I yeah. so, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you... You got to make the choice of what you need to do, but I, I just, I'm just trying to get you to understand that that we don't need to put God in that box. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, my heart decided to flip itself back out of rhythm,
6: mm-hmm.
5: you know, God fixed it once. Well, mm-hmm. I'd done some things that changed my body, changed everything up. Well, it flipped it, yeah. it flipped back out again. Sure. God's God's going to take care of it again, but how he takes care of it is his choice. I'm just going to praise him for it, and it's going to happen.
3: Yeah.
5: You know, if, if I have to go in and have that cardio done, that's what God wants me to do. Right. They, you know.
2: And it's it's like Bob had said earlier, you have to make sure you're taking yourself out of the equation. Yes. Yeah.
5: I just think sometimes we, uh, I think sometimes we hinder, we hinder the spirit. Thinking that we need to be in the lead, that
1: mm-hmm. we get ahead of him way too much, yeah. Right road, wrong place, yeah. yeah. Well, let's pull the needle off the record
4: and do some final thoughts on the topic, Carl. Why don't you lead us on? <laughs> oh, I like that,
1: yeah, I like that too. Yeah. Um. I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes you feel better, but I now. have happen, no.
2: no, no, I, I did. I knew, and I, I would just know
1: you're being fake, trying to save us. <laughs> uh, the first thing I want to say is, um, it's important to understand that praise isn't a ritual. It's not some incantation that you say. It's not even some specific prayer. It's an attitude. It's it's an attitude in your heart in your heart set toward God. Um, and I think we learn that in that account from Jonah. There's the, another thing you hear a lot when, when Jonah is um, being preached on or, or discussed is, man, I, I wish we had the ending. Like we just have this where like he gets this really hard lesson and then God, God kind of tells him to, what, what the lesson is about how much he loves the it. and then it's over. What happened to Jonah? I think we know just based upon how it's written. Because most scholars agree that both Jewish and Christian, that the book of Jonah was probably written by Jonah himself. The reason for that being is there are details in this that only Jonah could have known. It's, It's a little unreasonable to believe that somebody else wrote this. It was in all likelihood it was Jonah or a close confidant of Jonah's that he recounted the story to. Think about that for a second. Is there any point in this short book where Jonah looks even remotely good at all? No. He mm-hmm. looks awful throughout.
0: And the flesh would have wanted him to look decent.
1: Jonah looks terrible yeah. Jonah looks terrible throughout the account. The only one that looks awesome is God. God's the hero, and Jonah is kind of the, the, the villain. <laughs> Honestly, if Jonah wrote that, that means he was being so raw in his honesty and so transparent that he made himself look terrible in order to tell the truth so that people would know how awesome God is. Only someone who had been broken by God and completely transformed by him would do that. That's the ending. The ending is that the lesson was learned by Jonah. When God appointed all these things to strike his environment, to teach him, you need to praise me in all things so that you can orient your heart to me, so that your heart will break for what breaks my heart, so that you'll love people like I love people, so you'll understand why I'm doing what I'm doing, so you'll obey when I tell you to to go. You'll just do what I tell you to do and and jonah had to, it started with jonah learning to praise god in all things because it oriented his heart back to god and we've got to let him do that with us too without getting to a point where we're being swallowed by a, a big fish <laughs> that'd be awful mm-hmm. that's, all I got. that's my final thought just remember that the praise is a praise is a mindset a heart set and an attitude because that was jonah's problem here was his attitude it wasn't that he didn't say the right it wasn't that when Jonah gets hit by the scorching east wind, that he didn't jump up and down, sing a song, throw glitter into the air. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That wasn't the problem. The problem was the attitude. And we've got to be honest with ourselves to to acknowledge that sometimes we have a rotten attitude as well. And, and we need to give that over and confess that and repent that to God so that He can fix it for us. Schmike um
2: i got part of mine is uh something you've said before um which is
4: what i'm gonna say now
2: while you wait for god to open the door praise him in the hallway and then this goes along kind of with what coffee mike was asking about um with people who are just kind of going along on the ride and just kind of going through it emotions there's always a reason to praise him you can see god in. something you do every single day and you need to look for that and you need to find that. And if you're not, you're not looking.
4: Copy Mike.
0: For me it's authenticity. I think lip service is it's time for lip service to die. <clears throat> and it goes along with what Carl was saying. Uh it's easy to praise when you're Rolling rolling the big bucks or rolling the big life, high life, whatever whatever you want to call it. But, you know, the other day I blew a transmission line on my car. It's the only car we have, and I don't have the money to go out and buy a new one. And I was just devastated. And as I sat there waiting for this tow truck to come get me, I realized how fortunate I was to be able to coast off the highway into a parking lot where there was nobody there that was a time for me to truly praise him for taking care of me and my family and I did but it came after I got past myself as Bob has often said of being mad why is this happening I had to remember I had to look for the blessing in it I forgot my phone I couldn't contact anybody I don't remember anybody's numbers they're under names in the phone you know Uh The one day I don't have my phone, everything goes to pot. I couldn't call anybody. And uh, I wasn't thinking straight. I could have called somebody at work that had a number for me, but I didn't do that because I wasn't thinking straight. But once I settled down, I thank God that I wasn't on the highway and that happened. And the whole car car was hit by a a semi-truck and my family inside of it. I like I said. I think habits will form. They can be good habits. I think praising is one of those habits. It's got to be all. It's got to be very authentic. It has to be from the heart. Now, praise God, my pencil lead didn't break today during a test. I mean, well, sure, that's praiseworthy, I guess. But you can't be flippant about it. That's where I'm at.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You don't to be flippant about praise. You know, thank God the light switch worked today. I mean, whatever it might be. Yeah. It's got to be from the heart. It's got to be authentic. That's that's where I'm going. Hey, Ronnie, that's my final thought today for this roundtable. So, Ron? Um,
3: I don't really know what to say as a final thought, you know, because of what I talked about and all that. It's an everyday struggle for me. So, to praise, I have to find something to praise. But I did see something that says, you know, if I didn't have this phrase that I'm going to say, then I don't know what, what would, what I would do is God's word gives life. And I, if I, if I can't believe, if I don't believe that, in that that statement, I just, I don't, I don't know what,
1: What else to say? I just, I'd be lost. I will say that, um, you know, God sees ahead of time and He saw ahead what was going to happen. And for reasons that we may not understand, he, He wasn't going to prevent it. But He also saw ahead that you would need the right people in your life around you when that happened. And He put those people in your life ahead of time and and brought you into the right assembly brought you into the right the right congregation gave you the right friends to keep you from spiraling because that was the care that he had for you ahead of time that's praiseworthy
4: Mm
3: -hmm. but the question is still there that three little that three-letter word why and that's what I always have to talk to him about all the time why and then I walk around and I see my wife, my kids, my blessings, you know, my, my job, my people. And, you know, that's, I have to take that in as my why, if that makes sense. Because if I didn't, the why would eat me alive.
5: Bob? Oh, uh, I'm going to read some more Psalms 34. I thought it was pretty interesting. Starting at verse 11, I'm going to go to 15. It says, come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. So I guess what I'm trying, what this is actually saying is, you know, verse 14, when it says seek peace and pursue it, who's peace? God's peace. And when it says pursue it, it doesn't mean do it flippantly. It means do it wholeheartedly. So, I guess what I'm saying is, is put your whole heart into God mm-hmm. and allow Him to give you that peace.
0: That's not my thought. Another pearl of wisdom from Brother Bob.
5: Yeah.
6: If you say so, Micah. I think we understand there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is based on circumstances and bad things happen. I'm not so happy. Good things happen, I am happy. It's kind of fluctuates. But joy is a fruit of the spirit. It's something that God produces in our life. and, And that is a constant, constant thing. So when we go through those hardships and those hard times, we have to understand and explain to people that those feelings of anger and frustration and sorrow, they're okay. It's what we do with those. You know, we can turn those into bitterness and hatred toward God, or we can turn them to praise. And we can understand that God sees things on a, on a greater scale, because like Ron was talking about, the hard truth that we've been talking about through this podcast is we may never know the why. We, we, never, we may never know the reason why God allows things to happen, but we know that he's got a purpose because he's sovereign. And I, I think of Psalm 46, one, it says, or Psalm 46 in general, but verse one says, the Lord is my strength. He is my rock. He's a very present help in time of trouble. He's a help for us right at this moment, right where we're going through. And we point him Jesus. And that's what, that's what we do. We point him to the sovereign God. And then all these catastrophic things happen. You know, we like to pull verse 10 out and put it on cards and put it on, you know, put it on great, great sayings, be still and know that I'm God. But it's really in the context it makes it that much more meaningful because in the context, everything's falling apart. The mountains are crashing into the seas and everything's basically unraveling. And and I can see if you're in that situation, you can be like, man, this is not going well. (laughs) Everything's falling apart. But in that moment, it says, be still. I know that I'm God. I think sometimes in those moments, we just got to be still and know that he's God.
4: Well, since uh, Mike took one of mine... <laughs> I, that was a long time ago. You didn't come up with something new? I, di- I, I didn't. <laughs> until, Mike, until Micah said one key word. And that was joy. Because today just hours ago somebody texted me and then and asked me if everything was okay and whatever and i was like and i used it feels like the joy has went out of everything so i'll use one that i use all the time that you didn't steal this episode that it's okay to be okay it's just not okay to stay there and point to him
1: always carl you want to pray this out first off did you mean it's okay to not be okay i didn't say that no No. you said it's okay to be okay oh which is yeah it's really okay to be okay i was i was gonna let it go I knew what you meant. Go oh, ahead up. You already had yours, Mike. I had to have mine. <laughs> come on now. Yes, that's exactly what i have That's why I'm I just, let it I'm go. I'm just trying to help. I'm just here to help. Yeah. I'm, I'm just here to help. Pray <laughs> <laughs> out, <yourself>, though. Absolutely. It's <laughs> perfect. Most gracious heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for all that you do for us, for all that you are to us, and for being that ever-present help, even when it feels like our world is falling apart. Um, From our limited perspective, things can look like they're unraveling, like everything's out of control, but we just have to trust that you you have everything in hand, including us, and uh, you are always in control. You are the sovereign king. You are the almighty creator. You are the good, good father. You are our shepherd, our father, our redeemer, our friend, And even in the hard times, I choose and I pray that everyone here and everyone listening chooses to praise you, to praise you and to acknowledge you, even when we don't understand, even when we're not okay with what we're experiencing, that we praise you and we understand that you have a plan and that we surrender ourselves to that plan as willing servants with a genuine heart of love toward you and love toward those you call your children or desperately desire to do so. We just thank you so much. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And until next time, we'll catch you
4: on the flip side.